Oh, girl. A regular read of the latest LGBT plus trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. <laughs> I've got a story. I've got a story. I've got a story. A regular read of the latest LGBT plus trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, and welcome to season three of Girl. Joining me today, as usual, I suppose, is our delicious resident thotter, Stew. Good evening. And our resident daddy handyman, Glenn Kevin. I shaved my face literally to avoid daddy. You have I, to bring it up. I like the fact that we were just talking about how you shaved your face and then you've put the blue light on now and I can see stubble. <laughs> and I'm like, have you just grown that back in like a matter of minutes? Are you Homer Simpson? I say literally about an hour and I'll just get a really dark, <laughs> dark beard. I'm like, I was not there before. Is it? Is it like when they have the white lights in hotels and stuff and they're like, oh, well, we can see everything now. It's actually, this is actually UV light and this is just everything that's been on my face before coming here today. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I'm glad you took time out of your busy schedule to talk to us then uh, <laughs> and today our special guest the voice of a punk angel lead singer of sub radio and a fond admirer of stacy's dad it's adam bradley oh hello thank you for having me <laughs> it's wonderful we haven't had you yet but give glenn a couple of minutes <laughs> as if glenn's a top <laughs> the yeah, shade we... of it <laughs> yeah I... Need somebody who plays for Dom TV. To, to be fair, though, you, you've, sub radio. You, you've been basically putting door handles on. You've done more DIY than I've done in my life in the last week. So does that make you a Dom top? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Depends. It depends on my drill attachments. Spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> Good I Lord. identify as a Dom top now. So. <laughs> How are you doing, Adam? <laughs> I am doing very well. It's very busy over here in Subradio Land, but I'm I'm doing good. That's it. I mean, it's all like it's all kicking off, isn't it? You know, we had the video for Stacy's dad a couple of months ago and whatnot, and we've just had the Mario uh, TikTok. Yeah, and and we've um all of that has sort of launched us into a very particular part of the internet uh, <laughs> that I uh, I have to admit I was not uh, in before, but now I can't get out of. Uh, which is a lot of uh like a weird amount of furry profile pictures for one thing wow um, and uh and a lot of very very forward uh dms um <laughs> and that's just from me and yeah. that's just Stu. I, uh... <laughs> so I, I think this is basically why you're not allowed to be pretty on the internet they do tell you that when you sign up yeah <laughs> when you sign up it's just like by the way warning wait they, they didn't say that when i signed on instagram <gasps> i'm hideous um... <laughs> You have a face for podcast. I, I do. I have a face for radio, uh, but not a voice for one. I don't think. I don't know. Oh, dear. Speaking of voice, I consider we've got a singer on the uh, the podcast this episode. I would love to hear Adam do Oh Girl. No, it's okay. Right when, right when we started, you launched into just a completely different voice pre and post. Oh, yeah. Uh, recording this oh, podcast. Yeah. Without saying anything, I had no idea this was happening. Uh, <laughs> And all of a sudden, you launched into, like, this Harry Potter character. <laughs> <laughs> that, that That's my life. I think this is the fake voice. This is the fake voice now. <laughs> Actually, my, my normal voice is like, oh, hello. How are you? Hmm? <laughs> Mr. <God>. Potter. <laughs> Ten points from Gryffindor. Okay, you can have them back. No, it's simply, it's a, the intention was for me to do the Velvet Stats character throughout the whole podcast. And I think we got halfway through the first episode. And we were like, that is impossible. You cannot maintain that voice for like kept, an hour. You kept the display name. And that's important. <laughs> that's it. And the bald head. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, and the bald head. So I've got, I've got, I've kept the hairline for the character, at least. That's, that's half, half the battle, really. And, and that was a choice. Wink, wink. Oh, wink, wink, yeah, yeah. Someone asked me the other day where, whether I was intentionally bald, and I'm like, what a weird thing. <laughs> what a weird thing no, to I'm ask. Just, like... I'm just follically challenged. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like going, I probably would have had hair if the choice was there, but, you know, considering it's like back here now, it's like, mm, and I can't really do much with that, I'm afraid. Anyway, we're meant to be talking about Adam, and then randomly we're talking about my uh, diminishing hairline. 
But yeah, no, I think you you were trying to get Adam to be do the oh girl, but in a musical form. I was. What is that like a oh girl? A little note up top, and then a little uh, on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a, it sounded a bit like uh, Stewie. This a little bit, yeah. I, I think we should oh, have probably yeah. planned better. I think we, we should have like not sprung this upon you. Like I've got a British, you know. I find that when I try to uh, flip into the British accent, it is sort of just Stewie Griffin, uh, which is really unfortunate. I would take that. Everyone has like a point of reference. Like a, yeah. like like Johnny Depp being has met one Cockney ever, and that is his British. You know. It's like, right, and I find yeah. myself doing that one too, of like dropping all the consonants and all the words, and and it just it's not really that legible. I feel. I feel like I'm going to need to work on it over the next few months before I actually get there. Because they don't let you in if you can't do a passable accent, right? They check you at customs. I'm, I'm pretty I sure, don't know. yeah. Liverpool exists, so... I, I, I would like the idea of, like, uh, someone from, like, stateside, like, arriving in the UK and just going to the passport office and be like, All right, governor, how are you? Well, <laughs> I'm from the UK! And they're just like, get out. Get <laughs> back on the plane. <laughs> We've burned your bags. No, we'll let you in. I promise we will let you in. <laughs> I, will, I will have a fight. I'll have a fight with customs. if Right. It's fine. So, um, it's been a little while since we've had any official introduction paper. The last time that we spoke written form was back in summer 2021 uh, when you did a little interview for our website. What have you been up to since? Anything? Anything nice? It's only been about a year. Oh my. Uh, since last summer. Yeah, so that's been several decades, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We we went viral on the internet, as we talked about. Uh, we put out a new song, and we have recorded a whole bunch more. Uh, and we announced a tour, and God, yeah, we've spent a lot of time on the internet. And we played a bunch of shows in that time, too. We were on tour in the U.S. twice this year in March and in June, um, which was which was a ton of fun. And we got to meet some new folks. Uh, it's it's really, it's weird. It's been a weird several years because pre-COVID, Sub Radio did not really exist or have an audience of any kind. Uh, we were a, like a legitimately a very small little halftime indie band. We all had jobs and stuff. And then... During COVID, we went on the internet. And we started streaming on on Reddit and on TikTok, and we found all these people. And we've we've gotten into the content making business. And in all of that time, though, we've like grown this huge fan base and never played shows. Um, <laughs> and we've just been able to start doing that in the last year. Um, and so we it we've gone from like zero to not a hundred. We're not at a hundred yet, but we've gone from like zero to seventy in like in a in a very short amount of time with no nothing in the middle um which has been uh it's been interesting and it's it's been a little overwhelming sometimes but uh <laughs> lots of shows lots of uh lots of internet stuff is what we've been up to i mean it's not bad for a post covid uh gig is it really done pretty well uh, no and and you know i i think i consider us very very lucky cuz i think most artists under a certain threshold of like money making or fan base just sort of dissolved in the first half of the pandemic. I mean, there was nothing to do. Um, and we were, we were lucky in that we had that, uh, that streaming set up in the basement. We had all this gear and we had the, the, the capability to do it. Uh, but if you didn't already have, if you hadn't already made that investment over like a decade, like we had, then, uh, we saw so many indie bands just sort of say, Hey, all right, well, I guess we're not a band anymore. <laughs> Well, one thing I wanted to ask is like, you know, there's quite a few members in the band. Like, has that been a weird dynamic? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, there was six, now five. Barrier bass player left recently. Um, no, no hard feelings. He just had other stuff he wanted to do. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, six is a lot and five is a lot. Uh, but six was a lot. Uh, and there's, there's, it's mostly just, I mean, it's so like mundane. There's, it's mostly like scheduling logistics are hard uh like this band is not paying any of our uh bills it's paying us but it's not paying us everything and so guys have to have jobs and they have to have uh little side hustles and whatnot and so not all the time is dedicated to sub radio and and having to coordinate six 28 year old men's schedules (laughs) really just not a pleasant experience for anyone it's like Um, herding cats i guess like a podcast (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, what if your what if your cat like never responded to texts either? It's like that. Uh, My mine doesn't, but I think that's a, a cat thing, you know. Your guys' cats don't. Okay. Um, uh, no, it's uh, there, there's it, an indie it, band name, Cats That Text. <laughs> it's been it's been uh it's been hard, but we um we're also we're all grade school friends, and so that part at least is easy. We're not like uh, I, we know a lot of bands bigger than us. Or it's one guy's project, and he hired some guys, uh, and and I feel like that could get, that could be much worse in a lot of ways. So obviously, you've managed to do it well. You've managed to round up six men, unfortunately now down to five. But you know, sometimes that happens in a band. You've recently done probably my favorite song of the whole year uh, when you released nineteen ninety something. I need to stop playing it that much. I think everyone I know is sick of it already, uh, <laughs> but in the best possible way. So when did you write that? Uh, it's funny. That is, um, that's actually a complicated question. So we were done with that song at the end, or we thought we were done with that song near the end of last year when we signed with, uh, the label that we're on right now, third brain. Um, and we sent them all our demos and they said, uh, we love this, this 1990 something song, which at the time was completely different. At some point we're going to post like the old version on, a Patreon or something because uh, the verses uh, had a completely different instrumental that doesn't even exist anymore in the song that we put out. The hook was sort of embedded in a chorus that had like 50 other lines of lyrics. And basically they were like, okay, that is a really good line. You need to take that out and write a song around it and scrap what you have. And <laughs> we were kind of taken aback by this. We had never uh, like done, we had never revisited songs. We just said, like, that's probably the best version of it. Let's put it out. Mm. Uh, and so it was nice to have a critical ear on it. Um, but so at the beginning of this year, we we actually worked with a, a, a songwriter. His name is Dan Hennig uh, in uh, L.A. Uh, to sort of, like, take that line and craft the song around it. And it ended up being, like, a really... I think a really informative process for us. We had not done songwriting with anyone outside the band before. And since then we've done it like five or six times. It's, it's, uh, we're really like expanding in that way. And I think it's really great. Um, and that is how the song that we actually released came to be. Um, and Dan, uh, is like a ridiculously, uh, prolific songwriter. He works with people all the time. He actually also worked with, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jax, uh, J-A-X. She has a song called Victoria's Secret out right now, which is just like blowing up. Uh, yeah. And he, he he helped write that as well. He was on that team as well. So he's 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 got his, his fingers everywhere, but he really like punched up 1990 in a really cool way. That's a good connection to have. He, it seems like he knows how to write a song that's going to absolutely smash. And I think half of those lessons that you've had on Spotify so far is just me on repeat. So it works. <laughs> doing it's, well it's kind of crazy isn't it that you can write a song and then at the end you're like oh this turned out totally differently like you know because i remember like back back in the bloody myspace days you got bands where they kind of went here's our demo and then when they eventually properly released the studio version of it you're like that that's a different song <laughs> you know, like, and it really it's truly a completely different song i'm actually uh i actually really do want to get that uh that old version out and we're considering doing maybe like a limited run of like cassettes or something <laughs> that have that have the the version that we put out and also the old version and also maybe like our 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 demo of the final or something like three or a live version or something like three different looks at the song but it's it is wild how much it changed from start to finish and even like the the thrust of the song changed like now it's sort of like this this happy nostalgic uh fun little bop Whereas before the lyrics were sort of like, God damn, I, I would do anything to go back to the 90s because ever since then, my life has been shit. I want to be <laughs> six years old again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we were like, maybe we could do something that's not so grim. <laughs> yeah, that's not the song that got out. I think oh. it's why when the world's like it is at the minute, a bit of optimism is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, that, was, that was the id versus the ego uh, <laughs> writing this song. And that's that's my uh, my first instinct lyrically will always be uh, a little a little sad and grim, and I have to be talked talked off the ledge. I think that's one of the things about the song. Like what I really like about it is it it's, for me it kind of reminds me of like really like classic primary school kid disco sort of good bop that you'll always remember. Then also I'm like, oh the nineties, everything was so much simpler when I didn't have a mortgage. <laughs> Is there anything, is any like future plans for another album or additional songs to be coming out then? 
Uh, yes, uh, we're we're breaking a lot of news on this uh, episode, but uh, yes, uh, we are like in the process right now of getting some more songs mastered. We hope to have an EP out by the time we come over to the UK. Uh, it will it will hopefully be much sooner than that, but it will definitely be by then. Uh, and we're we're gonna put out new music in the fall um, as part of that. So uh, new stuff coming probably like just five or six weeks from now. Look, Amazing. To watch watch this space. And and the next the next song to come out will be uh, a um, a sad nostalgia song, it, like the one that I wanted to write initially. So. <laughs> you got your wish. You were like, okay, we've done the bop. Here's the melancholy. Yeah, we've, we've had happy bop. Now it's time for sad bop. Exactly. Let's make everyone depressed. More. Yeah. <laughs> Rest and depressed. It's the late 20s way. That's right. So speaking of oh. nostalgia, though, like what inspired the covers? Because we've had two wonderful covers now. Well, they're not covers per se. They're like and they're not even parodies. They're like I don't know what's it called. Where you sort of like you it, reactions, like, yeah, version versions, I guess. But you know, like Stacy's dad and Dear Mario. Like, how did that come about? So uh, Stacy's dad was <laughs> an accident. Uh, we as, was as, he drunk? As, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was uh, really late that night, <laughs> and uh, no. Um, we do these TikTok streams every week and we, we play sets of our music live uh, and read a lot of those comments on the streams. And somebody, uh, somebody just, people kept asking for us to do, you know, people request covers on the streams. Stacy's mom is a very frequent cover request. And uh, a lot of our viewers know that I am a, a queer and uh, make <laughs> oh make what gay, they make a they homosexual make gay as well on my podcast. Good lord! <laughs> on an LGBT. Podcast. What does LGBT mean? You've had me saying it three seasons, Stu. <laughs> Gays. <laughs> we get a lot of those, and um, I, as I recall, the idea for Stacy's dad was just that we saw somebody comment on a stream. Stacy's dad. That was it. That was the entire <laughs> comment, and. I thought, gee, wouldn't that be funny? And we started workshopping some lyrics like live on the stream, and I kind of shut it down because I was like, "This is too good. We have to actually stop and, and record this. We can't, <laughs> we can't blow the whole load on the stream." So we we kind of when we finished that video, which we we shot in like an hour. When we finished the video, me and and Matt, uh, our our guitar player, our main songwriter, was we're, we were both just like, "Okay, if this does not go viral." then we don't know what the code is anymore. We cannot crack it. If this doesn't work, then nothing will work. Uh, and thank God it worked. Uh, it worked. It, it, found, it found people out there. And I thought what was really lovely about it was like, yeah, it's a goofy fucking it, it's a little parody song um, that uh, is about lusting after somebody's dad. But the, the reaction to it was like, LOL, this is funny. Also, a lot of the reaction was like, Oh, like uh, Adam Schlesinger, the the former uh, songwriter for Fountains of Wayne, who died just a couple of years ago of of COVID. Like Adam would have loved this. This is right up his alley. Uh, and people saying like, "God, this is actually like I know this is goofy and stupid, but it's like kind of touching to me because I wish that this song had come out when when I was younger." Uh, and so it's nice to see like some genuine reactions, even to like this fairly silly like internet schlock. <laughs> Yeah, you you get some really good feedback like on your TikToks and everything. Like, it's really strong with all your followers. And I was actually reading a lot of your um like suggestions of what you need. And you get so much like hilarious. Then others when you're like, Oh, that'd be really cute. Like somebody said about a Jimmy World and then twist something into LGBT, it gets better and all right. that. Like, have is anything else currently in the works for coming out soon? Yeah, yeah, we have uh we've we've formed a little a little uh side group in the band like the the parody squad uh who is actively trying to come up with new ideas for this this stuff because as much as we would love our own music to go viral all the time, uh this gets a bunch of eyeballs on our page and it's very easy and it's fun stuff to make. So we uh we I'm actually right after we do this I will be uh going to the closet to record uh vocals for for a new one. <laughs> I'll go back in the closet. <laughs> back. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> well, I feel like you need like a, a series of nine, like each like year of the 90s 
and like some sort of like gimmick from that year. We did talk about doing, um, you know, like 1920 something or something like that, parodying our own song. I have not come up with like the best punchline yet, but it's out there. Uh, <laughs> I really, and I told, I told the guys at the time that we were doing um, the follow up, like Dear Mario. I was like, if we could, if if the full time thing for the band was just doing Weird Al parodies, like I, that would be when I was like ten, that would be my dream, my dream career. Not actually having to write my own songs, but just writing punchlines into other people's songs. But I think I think the bizarre thing is, like you mentioned, Weird Al, and Weird Al is obviously the master of parody, and the and he, you know, he's so talented. Like you know, like I remember sort of listening as a kid to like his music and being like, "These are the cleverest lyrics I've ever heard," and he's done them as like a joke, you know. And it's like you, yeah. you've had, and sometimes you kind of go, "You actually made the song kind of better." Like what is it? Like um, what was one I always liked? I think I'm a clone now, and it's obviously mm-hmm. a cover of the Tiffany song, but it's ludicrously clever compared to the tiffany song which is a bit sort of going uh basic sort of pop kind of thing yeah and i think i think what people maybe miss or or don't consciously understand about the appeal of weird al is that the song still has to be good for yeah. the, the comedy to land um like the performance has to be good for the jokes to land otherwise you're distracted by how bad it is and that's what that's what we're also focusing on like i'm i'm recording the vocals for real like in my chain like at a little studio setup and then sending them to kyle in the band so we can mix them to the instrumental of the actual song like we're making it sound good uh (laughs) and and i guess the other hope is that people will hear this and they'll be like oh maybe they sound like that and they'll check out our actual music um (laughs) But that is, I think that's the secret of Weird Al that maybe people don't realize is what makes him so good is that it also sounds good. It's not just funny. And, and that has to be part of it or else uh, people will be distracted by how bad you sound. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I think you nailed it with the DM Mario because for me, you hit like three of my sort of inner demons of like, it is first and foremost, a cover of an old time little song. And they are my favorite band in the world. Then you hit the nerdy Mario shit, which is like, come on. Who doesn't love Mario? And then it's like, oh yeah, it's a band who have a queer frontman who can actually sing. That is three nails on the head for me. So I was like, for fuck's sake, can can they not? Can they not be this perfect? It's genuinely quite annoying now. So I'm hoping that more people will see it and think the same thing. Same with Stacey's dad. I mean, how many queer kids were like probably singing Stacey's dad? So you can see why it went viral. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, we were we were scheming. How can we best? really just like blow up Stu's feed uh, with the next one <laughs> to be fair he is sitting here like the 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 chubbiest fangirl in the room i think wow <laughs> it... wow body sh- body shaming on a queer podcast you should know about the baldy well, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair revenge um, hey you I... choose to be bald I cho- it's a choice. Well, to be fair, I, I could not be bald, but it's going to be horrible. <laughs> and no one wants to see. It's like, well, I don't know what it's doing. It's a Cthulhu nightmare. Oh, we've I we've can... got screenshots of the Facebook pictures. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh. I met you when you had shoulder length hair and a trilby. <laughs> wow. Walking wow. stereotype. Yeah, Stu, Stu the, line, the line for next time is, I can lose weight. You'll always be bald. <laughs> <laughs> yes there we go <laughs> it surprise me if i've actually said that to you before either <laughs> well my my question was since you've already sang a bit of an all-time low song could you give me just a line or two from one of their other songs Ooh, um hang on a second i do want to do that so what is like what is the era of all-time low that was like the one that got you. Oh, I, I've loved them since like Dia Maria. Since the fetus. If if you could give me weightless, that would be hot. See, okay, because this is the problem right. for me is I actually am only familiar with like the very first stuff that they put out, and it's before Dear Maria. It's like the the uh, the EP they put out before any of that stuff. Oh, um, coffee, shop, coffee shop soundtrack. Coffee, coffee shop soundtrack is the sort of the song for me i'm i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to pull up lyrics because i used to play this song all the time actually i feel when he's hands on his head before this happens yeah yeah. (laughs) hands where we can see them Stu. oh yeah oh yeah so it's like when it all comes down to a sunrise on the east side will you be there to carry home 
The remains of my wasted youth This wasted time on you has left me shaking and waiting for something more That's such a good song that's a, oh man, you're gonna have me listen to that afterward. <laughs> Bloody yeah, hell! I feel, like, I feel like I need to throw some money on you now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's my ringtone now. <laughs> there we go. Do you want to introduce the game segment, Glenn? Because you yeah. challenged Stu last time. Yeah. So, backstory, Adam. I've been on three of these podcasts where I'm always the person going against our delightful guest. And I've won no times. And I think last episode was probably the most humiliating defeat. <laughs> it, it wasn't so... a humiliating defeat. It was literally just two people slapping each other. Like, it was just this... There was no headway made. It was like, you know... <laughs> so being the delicious person I am, I just had to throw my handbag, spit my dummy out, and I said, Stu, you can compete this time. And I said, we're three seasons deep, but I've not got to do it yet, so please bring it on. <laughs> so the winner of our quiz gets a gold Stu Peter badge. And the loser, this is my best Velvet impression ever, or should I say non-winner, will get a little silver Stu Peter badge. <laughs> I'm insulted. If, I'm insulted. If that's your best impression of Velvet Snatch, don't ever try and do Velvet Snatch. <laughs> you haven't got it. I uh, hold on, hold on. To quote the birdcage, uh, you know that was that was perfect. I just didn't realize the velvet snatch sounded like that. <laughs> so this game, we, I'm basically I have researched the interweb of YouTube and looked up at all the views of music videos, which are all punk, rocky, poppy sort of my teenhood songs. So we've got a bit of Paramore, a bit of. My Chemical Romance, all of those. Basically, all you have to do is tell me which song got the most views. So, Ooh. Okay, so, and then we're going to be doing it in a standard way where it's uh, we start with the guest, uh, yeah, we we'll alternate questions, and you get five questions each with a tiebreaker, if yes. need be. <laughs> if need be, or just for the fun of it. Yeah. So, Adam, we have song one. For the music video of Blink One Ear Two, all the small things, versus Bloodhound Gang, the Bad Touch. Which song has the most YouTube views? I had forgotten until this very moment that the Bad Touch exists. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I used to know, I used to know every word to that song. That was like a badge of honor for a thirteen-year-old boy at a certain time. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think it's got to be the Blink song. I think it's got to have more. Oh, I'm afraid not. Oh, no. So, Blink-182, uh, Blink all the small things, has 320,055,850 views. However, The Bad Touch has 421,649,353 views. Bloody Not hell. close. That is... give, or, give or take one or two views, Yak. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to match the songs up to be as similar as possible. Anyway, over to Stu. So, you've got Paramore, Misery Business, versus My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. I don't know how those two songs line up, but I'm going to go with, for the video, Not My Personal Emo, Inner Kid. Paramore's probably just going to nail it because the video is iconic. Uh-uh. So these ones are actually quite close. We've got actually Paramore's got 246,186,705. However, My Chemical Romance got 264,484,422. Sure Literally a case of two yeah. digits swapping around. <laughs> Close enough. Over to Adam. Fallout Boy, Sugar We're Going Down versus The Offspring, The Kids Aren't Alright. Okay, this one seems like a this seems like a softball. Mm. So I'm suspicious of my first instinct. So uh, I don't know if I should doubt my gut here. Uh I am I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 
No, I'm gonna go with Fall Out Boy. There's no way. It's gotta be Fall Out Boy. <laughs> no. no, come on. <laughs> so Fall Out Boy was 126 million seven hundred fifty-five thousand oh and sixty-six. Oh. Uh, the offspring is 196 million eight hundred and sixty-two thousand three hundred and eleven. Bloody hell. I wouldn't have I thought was... that because, like, The Offspring was before the internet kicked off, so you'd kind of think that it had kind of lost momentum by then, but here we are. Also, yeah. the six, just the success of Fallout Boy, you would be like, yeah, that's got the higher numbers. Like, maybe they got some runoff views from people watching Centuries or something. <laughs> I, think, I think if I used a later Fallout Boy song, it might have been different, but I kind of wanted to go with <laughs> classic fallout boy to be fair that that fallout boy song is one of those perfect examples of where i knew it for years and i had no idea what he was saying at all and then like about like five years ago i was like oh is that actually what he's saying oh right bloody hell you know yeah patrick stump is our generation's elton john with the the misheard lyrics (laughs) i feel that needs to be a tattoo it's definitely a tattoo (laughs) so over to stew Um, Green Deer, Basket Case versus Sum 41 in Too Deep. Green Deer's Basket Case. Yeah, that was yeah, right. I, I would have been annoyed if that wasn't that way around. That, that is absolutely a banger from my youth. That was one of the songs that influenced me, so I know that one's got some good views. Surprisingly Surely. close, though. So, oh. Green Deer was... Um, I'll just do the millions. So, Green Deer was 293 million. Um, some 41 was 203 million. That's not close. That's 90 million difference. I'd still say that's not too bad. <laughs> are you, like, are you, hold on. Are, are you Liz are. Truss? <laughs> like 90 <laughs> million <numbers>. difference. Too <laughs> soon. <laughs> but no, when you compare the size of the numbers, you're only not yeah. too bad. If you move them around, a literal, literal third of the views more. <laughs> hey, this quiz was made to mock you, Stu. Let's not turn it back to me. So. Over to Adam. Um, the All-American Rejects. Just in general. Just, just, yeah. just in general. Just them actually, fully together. You know? I've actually not wrote down the song for that one. Oh. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. <laughs> to be fair, that one was going to be an easy win because it was versus Panic at the Disco. Like, come on, you know who you choose here. Um, yeah. We're going to go back to, we're going to go to the next one, the emotional one. So, Disturbed, yeah. The Sound of Silence, uh, versus Evanescence, My Immortal. They're both quite mm. soft and emotional, I found. I was like, yeah, I... Okay, so my my logic here is that the Disturbed song was such like an internet sensation. Like, I, I feel like the only reason it was popular is because there was a video of him doing it on Jimmy Kimmel or something. Uh, got really big. I'm, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Disturbed song. I think that has more. So disturbed was eight hundred and thirty-seven million. Wow. Evanescence is eight hundred and fifty-nine million. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and that's not even that. Okay, so I know a fun fact. They've got one of the most viewed videos on YouTube. Uh, so if you'd said bring me to life, don't matter what you put me up against, that's probably the winner. So I was. Like, I thought that would millions. be. The, I thought that was going to be the song, and if that was the song, I would have guessed it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's gone past the billion. I'm sure it has. I remember when uh, they finally announced that My Immortal was the single, and it was like the fourth single from the album, and everyone was like, mm-hmm. "How? How is this thing?" You know, it's like everyone wanted it to be the single for so long, and then they were like, "Okay, go on then, have a fourth single or whatever." But so you're anything... right. Bring Bring Me to Life is at one point one billion. Bloody hell. <laughs> However, Stu, out of curiosity and your next question, Evanescence Bring Me Alive versus Lincoln Park Numb. Lincoln Park Numb. <laughs> One of the only bands that can outdo Evanescence. It is Lincoln Park Numb. Gotta be, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, so... especially following the death of Chester, all of their songs mm. went massively skyrocketing. So Evanescence was 1 billion and 85 million. Uh, Lincoln Park was one billion eight hundred and forty-nine million. Yeah. Mm. They, they are close to the two billion mark. So that's pretty. pretty those are nice. those are Gangnam style numbers. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm embarrassing myself. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're, you're doing you're doing fine. You're doing fine. 
hopefully this one will go well. Anyway, we've got Stacey's mom versus <laughs> Teenage Dirtbag. Ooh. Mm. Okay, they've both had their little, like, modern internet moments. Uh, because Teenage Dirtbag is a TikTok trend now. And so I wonder if that's, like, spiked it in the last month. Um, I I feel like the Stacey's mom video is so iconic, it can't possibly get beaten by that, though. So I, I will I will go with that. I'll go with the, the classic. Come on, Stacey. Teenage uh, Dirtbag. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> 228 million for Teenage Dirtbag versus 165 million for Stacey's mom. The, the the disparity in these numbers is really mind-boggling to me. Just your viral instinct. God damn it. You know how to go viral? TikTok. What's popular on TikTok? It's probably got big numbers. True. Yeah, I wonder how many of those 200-some million were, like, in the last five weeks. Half yeah. of them. <laughs> um, and last one for Stu is Tenacious D Tribute versus... D12, my band. Ooh. I thought that would be a good one. Oh, I know what I want to say because I know my preference. Now I'm going to stick with it. I think it's Tenacious D. It is Tenacious D. Which yeah. D12, are, like D12 need to get back together. I'm just going to put it out there. Agree. Agree. They Fun can fact. come back. Fun fact. I share birthday with Eminem. When I turned 21, he turned 40. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, but when, but when he looked twenty-one, you looked forty. <laughs> anyway, and we're back to the stubble. <laughs> Tenacious D had um, one hundred and thirteen million. D twelve had ninety-eight million. Wow. Well, that's the end of the that's the end of the questions. There doesn't seem to be any need for the tiebreaker uh, after four questions. Can we have we anywhere, have... just for the crack. So the tiebreaker. Which I hope Adam would get. Um, Can't how say many, that. How many streams? The closest number for how many streams for Stacey's dad on your TikTok page? Uh, uh, um, for um, I have to clarify for the the first video that we posted. Yeah, is Ooh. it the full one or a clip? It's the full one. For the full version, okay. So, um, uh. Okay, that's a little more challenging. I want to say it's like three and a half million. Just said it's probably higher. I have a couple numbers for us if we're uh, if we're ready. <laughs> oh, go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the full version. Uh, I was way off. The full version, which we posted June twenty third, has exactly one million views. Uh, the the first video we put up with like the first verse and chorus that does have twelve point two. So I was clo- I was cl- much closer on that one. I see that number every time I log in because it's pinned to the top of our profile. <laughs> <laughs> it's a f- amazing number though. Like what an achievement! It was sort of sort of mind boggling. Yeah. So after that delightful debacle, the scores stand at Adam with a lowly mm, zero points, nil point, <laughs> and Stu with a shocking three points out of four. Well done, Stu. Yay. However, Is you're that- still the second host ever to win a girl gold badge because a certain beautiful someone managed to win a badge in Once. season two, but we don't like to talk about it that often. And, uh... <laughs> did, I, did I collectively in this episode score more than what Glenn has in three? <laughs> we'll have to clear them back. I, I, you may have <laughs> done. You, may, you certainly did better than you did last week. Christ. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for taking part, Adam. That's nice. Well, we'll send you a lovely silver badge in the post. Beautiful. (laughs) Hopefully customs won't grab it. So, moving on, we've got some delicious fan questions from the Subradio Discord. Now, I'll start with Bellatrix, who asks, Have you watched Heartstopper yet? Yes. Uh, well, yes and no. I've seen the first two episodes as I do with every show, and then I stopped watching it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm 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 so bad at watching things. Uh, 
every every conversation is sort of like have you seen this and i'm like oh no i've heard really good things i do a lot of that Mm -hmm. i hear a lot of good things um but no i have seen actual minutes of heartstopper and i thought it was very nice It's it's a nice little show I mean, are you one of the people, because I have it where when I watch things, it's like if I find myself not continuing or going off and making a cup of tea and not restarting it, I take that as a sign of I'm not enjoying it, like below the surface kind of thing. Or are you basically just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot it existed. So. It's a little bit of that. Uh, I I don't know. I've just never been a person that watches tv shows or i've i've seen like five movies in the last decade i like don't it's not a kind of media that i interact with i listen to music and i listen to podcasts but i don't watch things i don't know my question uh is from alan with specifically 22 ends so that you don't confuse him with any other album um he wants to know when is year 3000 cover dropping since you're contractually obliged i don't remember signing that uh but- <laughs> <laughs> from from what I understand, it was a live recording of a TikTok live, potentially, that you did, or a, sub, uh, a Reddit live, where you said, yes, we will <laughs> be doing that. And that has been taken by the fans, especially Alan, as contract. You've done it now. I will, I'm going to forward that to our lawyers. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Is what's said on TikTok legally binding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As um, your appointed lawyer, I'm going to say yes, it's going. <laughs> what am I paying you for? Um, <laughs> no, we, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite, uh, things that the Jonas Brothers did is they covered that song, but they, um, very subtly, uh, altered some lyrics to make it less suggestive. <laughs> uh, because in the original song, the guy is like, hey, you're a your great great grandmother in the year 3000. He's looking pretty good, dude. Is, uh, I'm just saying, uh, and uh, in in their version, they they scrub it to be like she's doing great. Ah, boo! It's all Disney. Disgusting. Talk, it, the original song has a woman with three uh, breasts in it. They've removed that also. It yeah. There's a whole. So I would like to do the original if at all possible, <laughs> or a gay version, and he's got three of something else. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Oh God, no! Let's not make that one happen. That's a different kind. That's the kind of viral you don't want to go. Oh, but at no, least Stacy's dad's doing well in the future, I suppose. <laughs> well, now, now, are we going to start a sub radio universe? Oh God! Oh, the all the connections. There you go. Get your own Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, the sub radio you, cinematic universe. If you start doing that, it's recorded on a podcast, and I want ten percent. <laughs> this isn't TikTok. It's not. It's not legally binding. That's oh, right. Crap. <laughs> Glenn. So we have Kersha Fox. What kind of books do you like to read? Ooh, I have. Uh, this is this this is a, a stab to the heart. I've gotten very bad about reading recently, but um, I have been reading a lot of nonfiction. Right now, I'm reading a book about. It's called The Dawn of Everything, and it is a book about like pre 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 history uh, and how it, it is not. Uh, what people have absorbed in in the culture like it, it wasn't like we were we were like bands of uh roaming nomads and hunter gatherers and then we started planting food and then became society uh it's much more complicated than that and there's a lot more uh ways to organize groups of people than you might think so I, it's a really interesting book basically i read a lot of nonfiction now i've not read novels in like a year or two no I, I i'm think quite interested in that now mm. <laughs> get that on the amazon list Next stage delivery. What was my great, 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 great grandfather doing? <laughs> he was pretty fine. <laughs> he was all right. Moving on from the game, though, lovely Karen asks, "What are your favorite and least favorite genres of music?" Ooh, um, I would say. I mean, my favorite music is not necessarily what sub radio sounds like. I do listen to a lot of that, um, but I, I think the music that I continually come back to is like. I maybe best categorized as sad girl folk music in the vein of I don't know Mitski Phoebe Bridgers that 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 group of sad girls um and uh I don't I don't know that I have a, a least favorite like kind of music I I listen to a lot um I guess I don't have much of a tolerance for like the heaviest kind of metal um it just has not it doesn't do much for me however there are there are times and places for basically everything. So I can't yeah. say that 
Yeah. One of my favorite bands of all time is the Mountain Goats, and the the Mountain Goats sound like a guy with an acoustic guitar generally. Um, but his favorite genre of music is like the heaviest kind of metal. And so I'm like, okay, if this guy likes it, there's something to it and I'm, I need to give it a shot. So uh, if people out there have metal recommendations for me, uh, uh, throw them out. Cause I don't, it's a, it's a hard genre to get into. There's like 47 micro genres that I have to be aware of. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. Like a friend of mine who's in like a fairly popular uh, black metal band was trying to explain to me that if you can read the band's logo, then they're not metal enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were showing all these things. And it was like a game in itself. And I was just like, what the, what the hell does this say? It's like, you know, no, it has to just look like a, t- uh, uh, a, a series of thorn bushes. Uh, yeah. Basically, if it looks like a pile yeah. of twigs, you're metal. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> does it look like a tattoo you would regret? Because if it does. <laughs> so we've got Logan. Uh, who is your inspiration for create for creating music and becoming an underrated queer icon? Mm. Um, there, there are many ways I could go with this. Um, I did grow up listening to uh pop punk bands and so like sort of this the standard you know artists that a lot of people would would cite there panic and fallout boy and all-time low and um uh you know those were those were sort of like foundational to me wanting to be in a band um i think as far as inspiration now and since i have sort of like uh found myself uh, in terms of sexuality, and also sort of uh, started uh, channeling that into the music more. Um, I think now maybe the answer would be a little different. Like I don't, I don't feel comfortable in like the rock star archetype, like fist pumping uh, kind of deal. Like I, I, I see myself as being like softer and weirder than that. And so I've never, I've never really wanted now as an adult to be uh, like brendan flowers or something um there there's probably some somebody else i think a lot of where i get uh inspiration now is i mean certainly the 1975 and that's sort of a a pat answer honestly like everybody is influenced (laughs) by the 1975 right now but um they're doing things like bigger and more ambitiously in a lot of ways than than i think most bands even attempt so i like that a lot i like maddie healy's approach and just like the way that the way that he is publicly, it's I I, I find myself taking a lot of like stage performance cues from Maddie Healy because he, he's also just a very soft, strange boy. And <laughs> um, uh, and and also I will I will say, um, you know what? Give me a second. I would like to pull up my my Spotify because I want to make sure that I don't forget like who's really been on like. So yeah, so I, I I should also definitely cite Maggie Rogers, who I have been listening to basically nonstop for this entire year. She's got a new album out and just like puts her whole guts into it. Like the the vocal performances on this album, I don't know if any of you have heard it, are just like wrenching. Um, in like very good songs and like upbeat songs and fun songs, but God, she is like singing from the center of her body and it's, it's so good. So yeah, uh, I, I, I've also been listening to a lot of classic rock lately and I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, I've, I've been getting into my dad's music. <laughs> Embra- fully embracing the Stacey Dodge video and going. Yeah. <laughs> dad music mode. Oh, amazing. No, thank you so much for answering those fan questions. And I hope if you send a question in, you're happy with the response you got. So, on the subject of uh, queer influences and who has inspired you, obviously we don't actually have that many queer frontmen in the music industry at the moment. There's one or two of them there. There's probably a lot more, but sort of underground. What's it kind of like now as someone who's gone viral, carrying that torch of the like someone who's a little bit more in the spotlight, but quite happily and openly queer? A great question. Somebody who I meant to bring up answering the last one is uh sammy ray who we played some tour dates with um and is just a a really phenomenal artist i look up to her a lot and she is sort of doing the same thing right now of very rapidly getting a lot more eyeballs on her and her band uh and also trying to center the fact that she is a queer person doing this and not having that get lost and i think about this a lot because obviously in a band with four 
you know, used to be five, four of my uh, closest friends who are not queer. Uh, it's it's me. Uh, and so I, I never, from the beginning, like, wanted Sub Radio to be, like, a gay band. Because that would not be true to the identities of the people who are in it. And it wouldn't even really be true to myself. Like, I am not... Uh, that that's it's uh it's something I want to have present uh because it is part of me in the art but not necessarily front and center and so I like the balance that we have right now of like I, it's not it, it's certainly not shying away from it and certainly not pulling like a weird Harry Styles maneuver of like never fully answering any questions about it um <laughs> but also making sure that we're not sort of selling out is a weird word, but like uh, sort of pinkwashing the band in a way that would be weird. Um, I, I never, I never wanted to feel like we're performing being queer so that like people will like us. And so I don't know, it's a weird little tightrope. And you know, like I said, I, I posted an Instagram story the other day being like new singles coming out, ask me questions about it. And so many of the questions we got were just like, is it a gay song? And I was like, <laughs> I, maybe I, does it have to be? <laughs> I like the idea. Um, it's like, oh no, it's not a gay song, is it? Oh. Not, a, not another one. Oh, <laughs> can anything um, truly be a gay song, though, unless it's quite right. very literally gay? I, I've heard some of the things that Michael listens to in the car, and I was like, wow, I did not realize they were explicit. Like, it's you know, gay bands this explicit, but they're on peaches, basically. <laughs> I think, I mean, we've all heard Kim Petress. Kim Petress is definitely gay music. Yeah, yeah. In the best possible way. <laughs> so, was everyone supportive in the band from day one? Absolutely, yeah. And and Barry, who recently left, uh, is a queer man also. And so that was nice to have a little a little extra support. And it's, you know, somebody else to talk about. Um, but even, even without him, yes, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's a very welcoming environment and these guys are, uh, fully, full, full allies, like full stop. You can see it in everything that you post and everything that you do though. Like it's not even supporting you in your sexuality. It's just friends. You know, when, when you've been friends for that long or you're just a human being, it really doesn't become an issue. It's just, oh yeah, by the way, guys, I like dick. Cool. Yeah, and it was a very, for me, with the band and with my friends and with my family, it was a very, like, uh, soft, gradual coming out of just sort of, like, it just sort of became something that I started talking about without ever having an event of telling people. (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, and so it was actually, like, I was on a a live stream where I, I sort of just offhandedly mentioned being bisexual as I had done before. And later that evening, I got a call from my mom being like, Hey, you could have like told me before you said it on the internet. I didn't know that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, sorry. I got the order of operations wrong. I probably should have, uh, (laughs) called you or something, but it never felt like a thing that I had to do because everyone in my life is sort of, I I know what their reaction is going to be and it's going to be okay. And so it, it never occurred to me to, uh like quote unquote come out in that way um which is nice it's a privilege i think more people should be afforded i think i had had the exact opposite when i came out to my mom or came out officially i think i phoned her drunk at like four o'clock in the morning she was like right that's absolutely fine i've got no problem with it but why did you have to wait till four o'clock in the morning to call me (laughs) so your mom wanted to call mine didn't want one at that time so (laughs) um so if you could offer some advice to our queer youth what would it be oh dear um yeah i should have said in my last answer i don't i i've always been a little uncomfortable with the idea of like being someone who gives this advice uh it can be mundane stuff it can be like sort of you know put the toilet seat down you know sort of like don't slap cats right yeah don't um don't wash your denim until like two weeks after you buy it um i think uh i think what i would say is just what has been really lovely and and transformative for me in a lot of ways is finding people who are already maybe more comfortable with their identity than than me or at least more public and like using them as as models for for my behavior and like uh like i mentioned sammy ray who's just like an icon to me now and we're like friends but also she's a celebrity to me um and it's just a really really good example um but uh either in your personal life or elsewhere, I think finding finding those people on whom 
like you can model yourself and your behavior is like really critical because uh, developing your own identity on your own is is hard um and i don't think anyone does it despite what they might say like you're everyone is is taking cues from the people around them and so surrounding yourself with with people who allow you to be uh the best version of you would be my advice even if even if that you know means moving or getting a different job it's you it's the most important thing in your life so you take take good care of yourself and if that means relocating or finding new friends uh or getting really into a band so you can meet more fans of them or something like you should do that uh because the people around you are going to define who you are in like bigger ways than you probably realize well i find that really relatable it's like find your tribe and you don't always like it always takes like it takes years like i personally never feel like i found like my best group of friends until i was like 25 yeah and then yeah i think a lot of people are really unhappy with themselves because they are surrounded by either people who make them unhappy or people who are themselves unhappy. Uh, and yeah. like people feed, people feed off each other's energy so, so, so much. And I don't think that you necessarily realize in the moment, but um, that, that kind of stuff can like really grind on you over time. If you're not around people who are like lifting you up versus uh, suppressing parts of you. So it might, it might sound like very basic, obvious advice, like be around people who make you happy though. But it's, uh, it, it takes like constant accounting of the people around you. Like, th- does this person make me happy? I, I don't think a lot of people ask that question after like, after maybe after you've known someone for a while, but I think it's very important. So also uh, listen to Sammy Ray and the friends. I'll, I'll plug them one more time. <laughs> That's my other advice. So plugs. I like it though. I mean, it's kind of like Marie Kondo. If it doesn't make you happy, you know, don't maybe not throw it in the bin, but with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> if they'll fit, put them in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's good advice. They don't spark joy. Yeah, if they don't spark joy, goodbye. My advice is always be gay, do crime. So, you know, it's better than my advice. Mm-hmm. I've said that on at least four episodes of the podcast so far. Right. So, thank you very much for being our wonderful guest, Adam. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug while you're here? Oh, I can do so many plugs. So, we're some oh, radio daddy. band. Daddy. Oh, stop that. We're, uh. <laughs> I've gotten into a bad habit on the, our TikTok live streams of pulling up our tour dates and saying, look at all these places that we're coming. Um, <laughs> and I got to work on phrasing. So uh, we are going on tour in the United States in the fall, uh, November and December. Uh, it's a national tour. So we're, we're going to most places. Uh, tickets are on sale on our website, subradio.com. We're subradio banned on all the socials. And uh, for our uh, our British friends, we are coming to the UK in February. Uh, yes. We announced, yes, we announced the date in London in February, I believe the 16th today, Thursday when we're recording. Those tickets are on sale on September 9th. Um, and uh, we'll have a few more dates to come in about a week. Uh, but we'll be over there in February of next year. Oh, absolutely amazing. No, Glenn, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? I am going to give my delightful Newcastle Ravens another shout out. So if you are into an LGBT inclusive rugby club, please search Newcastle Ravens on the Instagram and the Facebook and give them a good follow. You'll see all the delightful works of their darling secretary, me. And you can follow myself at Glenn underscore K underscore H. Again, all the delightful drillings that happen in my house where I put <laughs> things on backwards. And <laughs> you put, you did underwear. put door handles on the wrong way, which is an achievement. And this morning, I woke <laughs> up to my uncooked soup in the slow cooker because I didn't put the plug on. <laughs> Yay. Can we just talk about how delightful drilling sounds like a nice... Delightful thing? drillings. Delightful <laughs> yeah. drillings. Oh my word, I love a delightful up. drilling. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of delightful drillings, Stu, do you have anything to promote? Uh, stream 1990-something on all good platforms, mainly Spotify. Um, if not, be gay, do crime. And if neither of those things, I am look at Stu on Instagram. Amazing. Uh, I am, of course, The Velvet Snatch. You can go to thevelvetsnatch.com. Uh, it's that on Instagram. I've got... 
I've got a fair few things coming up, so it depends when this when this is going out. I think it is Sunday the 26th. I am the guest of Drag Castle at their show at Prohibition in Newcastle. Also, Vampers Tits is coming to the Bank Bar in Newcastle. The horror drag, well, horror alternative drag competition will be running for five weeks this year, starting from next Wednesday, and I will be in it. I'm entering again as an alter ego candy snatch, so let's see how badly that bombs. I've been practicing an Essex accent and I failed it badly so it's gonna add to the humor of me being absolutely terrible is it worse than my velvet let's not go wild here right thank you again Adam for being our wonderful guest and thank you so much dear listener for tuning in goodbye bye goodbye bye (laughs) that was close enough